today on The Breakdown. Garrett Adelstein, your mother's calling. Call your mother. Garrett. 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 <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a hair with Garrett Adelstein. And guess what? Dylan Gang, his, his arch nemesis, his Lex Luthor, apparently now. This is, it's weird how this has evolved so quickly, but it has. This is like a prequel, though. This is like probably before the infamous slow roll and the revenge, all that stuff. Dylan and Garrett, just going to be playing your typical cash game hand where unbelievable amounts of money go in, of course. Six-figure pots, of course. And really surprising and unusual decisions by both players are going to happen as well. We got a lot of money. We got a lot of reputation. We got a lot of chicken soup. And we're going to get into it all right now on The Breakdown. With Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. So I suppose the position of our LLC <laughs> is that it's okay for you to do that thing that you do with Garrett yeah. and you've done with Barry Greenside in the past because you're Jewish? Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mother's calling. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a. I can get away with it. Like, I, I Specifically can't, because I'm Jewish. I can't do that. Yeah, I mean, it could just be like a New York, and I don't mean that as code for Jew, like a New York grandmother on the streets, but but that sort of all does blend. You know, there's those Venn diagrams really yeah. Uh, yeah, overlap. Yeah, and you, and you wouldn't have done it if his last name wasn't Adelstein, right? I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not 100%. I just went with my, you know, my heart. I just followed my heart on that one. All right. But I, I don't know. Well, luckily your heart is Jewish, and we... Can hope that hopefully that means we can get away with it. I mean, it. you know, yeah. down the road, you may not be able to get away with it for that reason either. And I may be prosecuted for the crimes of the past yeah. in the future. But, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Life goes on. Yeah, yeah. Life goes on. I feel fine. Good. I'm glad you're feeling good today. It just seemed like a funny thing to think of, like, his grandmother calling him while he was, like, you know, playing stickball in the streets or something. I think it's funnier to think of with the person you've done that with in the past is Barry Greenstein. And yeah. I think it's much funnier to think about it with Barry Greenstein. I mean, to me thinking of a very young, like an eight year old Barry Greenstein still with that beard. Yeah. Is really <laughs> incredible to me. Yeah. <laughs> like a skinny little bearded kid, yeah. eight year old kid in the streets. Yeah. I love that. Playing stickball. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, Barry Greenstein may have actually been able to play stickball. Garrett probably stickball. I don't think existed. Stickball will always exist. I mean, it's pretty easy. No one plays stickball. All you need is stick and ball. But no one actually plays it anymore. I mean, I don't know. Because no one wants to play baseball. No one plays baseball. Stickball is a, you know, a, a, an attempt to you know, replicate a baseball you, experience. No one plays baseball? <laughs> no. No one plays baseball. Zero people? Okay, yeah, you got me, Mr. Literal. You didn't know what I meant. You took what I said and believed that. Yeah. Nice job. Hey, speaking of Grant being incredibly petty. Oh, here we go. Great. <laughs> I have no idea what this Here's is. Here's something that happened. This, this literally happened yesterday, everyone. So Grant's, okay. <laughs> you should see Grant's face. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I told him I might bring up an instance of pettiness, but he doesn't know what it is. So yesterday, uh, Grant and I were doing some work on a, on a thing. that doesn't, It doesn't matter what it was. And Grant said, hey, can I borrow some pen and paper for this? Yeah. And I said, sure. And I got him paper, and I went and got him a pen. And then Grant, as I handed him the pen, Grant said, who uses a pen these days? Who even has a pen? That came at me. He came at me for having a pen when he re- requested a pen. No. That's Grant for you. That's who you are. You're like the Tiger King, but all you got is llamas. You know what I'm saying? 
No, it was because you said, I just bought these and yeah, you opened a new pack of yeah, pens. And I was correct. like, who has new pens? <laughs> <laughs> and I, but you requested a pen. How is that petty? <laughs> you asked for a pen and yeah. then critique. Everybody. Uh, you critique right. the very. You I, think, I think the listeners will be on my side when they understand. Oh, God. You're in somebody's household yeah. and you need a pen for some reason, which is rare these days, of course. It's apparently rare. not rare for you because you did it yesterday. I don't but know if you know what continue. rare means. <laughs> <laughs> but you assume they have a pen somewhere. Right. But you don't assume them to open a new pack of pens and say, I just bought this. Because so, who the hell just bought pens? You are the worst kind of person, though. Because, oh, wow. <laughs> because think about it. If I said to you, I don't have any pens, what would you say? Who doesn't have any pens? What kind of, what kind of human are you? Everybody. But then I get pens, so I don't have that problem. And now you're attacking me for that. You didn't even say... Do you have other pens and you bought new pens? You didn't ask me why I bought new pens. You just came right at me like a lion trapped inside of a cage being starved. It's to very death. strange that you bring this up on the podcast because <laughs> as those who listen know, uh, like maybe you don't know that we're not faking, but this is how yeah. we actually like, yeah, yeah. talk to each other. This is real. So throughout <laughs> our lives, anytime anything happens that one of us does, it's always an opportunity for the other to like poke at. Yeah. And that was just a thing that I did about the pens. When you said you bought new pens, you've well, done the same thing to me in infinite circumstances. I don't know what you're <laughs> this is time though. This is no, this was just the lead in to the main course. Oh, really? There's that, new th- Okay, great. Can't wait. The main, no, the main course isn't a specific thing. It's dirty laundry time. Let's air it all. Oh, okay. Here we go. All Here right. we go. What do you got? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Is, all right. I, I'm probably not supposed to say this on the podcast. Oh, It's a little bit dark. <laughs> okay. Jonathan is the Zodiac killer. <laughs> you are not supposed to say that. Yeah. Okay. It's not funny, even though I laughed a little bit because <laughs> I was confused. I was nervous when you brought it up. Yeah. Because you are the Zodiac killer. See? You're still doing it. Someone? The Zodi- you know who would not want me to keep doing it? Who? The Zodiac killer, probably, <laughs> if I was accusing them on air. Why wouldn't they? they? They don't want to be known. They don't want them to be this. They want someone else to take the fall I'm, for it, don't they? I'm saying you are. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're saying that <laughs> way. I was thinking of a listener here yeah. and not wanting it. Oh, I, that makes more sense. Yeah. You know who else might not want it, though? Everyone else in the world being accused of being a serial killer. Oh, no. Most people don't like that. Right. But I, I don't accuse lightly. I mean, <laughs> you said we were airing the dirty laundry. Yeah. But your dirty laundry is, is spectacle. My dirty laundry is different. My dirty laundry okay. is is got grime on it, real grime. It's authentic. All right, let's hear it's it. It's Ugly. Go for it. Oh, it's, this is gonna wreck you. Let everybody know how bad I am. <laughs> I don't even know if I should do it. I feel like it's gonna. We may lose our audience. Good. If I say this, <laughs> you don't even have anything yet. <laughs> you're just, I'm you're stalling. So, you're trying, stalling. I'm trying so hard to think of something to say, <laughs> but I'm also like, okay. You want to say something that's going to sound really bad, but it can't be so bad that it offends people or is like really awful. We can always delete it. Nah, we're never going to do that. <laughs> so I'm like trying. So that's like a very thin band of like things I could say. And I got nothing in that band as of this moment. I didn't prep for this, obviously. Yeah. So that sucks for me. All right. You know what? We're doing dirty laundry later. Okay. I'm going to come up with some stuff and they're going to be real things. I'm going to, I just have to remember some of the horrible things you've done in the, in the years I've known you. This horrible. Is, what a, what a great, <laughs> what a great foundation to build a friendship on. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, this is who I am. <laughs> this, 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 is, like. this is very much who you are. Those <laughs> those who have listened for for years are aware that Jonathan is always trying to create <laughs> new ways to cancel me. <laughs> it's like make them up, basically. I will say that although I don't like we, part of our shtick is that like oh I pick on you right and the podcast. Yeah. I mean, 
But there is some of that in the non-podcast. So both ways, both yeah, ways to be fair. But course. like where we like go after each other jokingly, but still going after each other, like yeah. not for the public's amusement, just because it's happening, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, there's, there's some authenticity. Everything we do, the truth is at least peeking out from behind a corner. Much, uh, yeah. like, much like you're a horrible person. <laughs> that, Great. That, that, there's, that the truth is peeking out yeah. on that sentence yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the horrible person thing is definitely true. No, uh, no, you're not actually a horrible person, but some part of you is, is what I'm saying. Some small part of you, horrible, horrible, isn't, isn't, but not all of you. Are you saying you. that's true of everybody? No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, no, no. Awesome. Just talking about you. Okay. Keeping it real specific here. Thank and you. I know you pretty well. You, you would agree, right? Yes. I know you very well. So uh-huh. I can say with authority, some part of you is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad in what way? Rotten, spoiled. You'd want to throw it out if you could. But like, you're gonna, can you gonna, explain like what what are the, what what are the attributes of this bad part? You would betray even your own child <laughs> for what? Almost nothing. A piece of gum. Like you don't care. You don't care. You would you would do that. You have a child. Are you are you so saying you know this? it's true? I don't know if this if you're saying this yeah. because this is what first came to mind, yeah. or because you know it's like the complete opposite. You've you've oh actually said, "Oh my god! Oh, that's dis- oh, that was the worst thing you've ever done, right there." Oh, that manipulative, like, oh, I'm just gonna ask it this way. <laughs> that was the worst. Do some PR for that myself. Kinda, that kind of hurts your case for the horrible person <laughs> thing. If that was the worst thing I've ever done, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. But maybe. You know, the, the, the slimiest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And here we are. Here we are. You isn't know, it, what do you think the devil's going to look like, Grant? All right, playing attorney. Isn't it true yeah. that mere months or weeks ago, yeah. we were having a discussion about I don't know what, but you, <laughs> you brought up how it, it was a bit odd how the level to which I lionized my friends and the loyalty yes. and that yes. that was engendered in me for my friends. And you were happy to be a part of that, but you thought yes. it was a little bit much. It, I I did say that, and I do think that even yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you are you are in, in fiercely loyal to your friends, actually. Yeah. To, a, to but a, I would sell them for a, a penny to a fault. <laughs> no, 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 not your friends. Oh, your, just my your my daughter, family. your child, and your wife. Right, of course. You would you would betray them in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a churro. Yeah, I don't. You betray them. I think she probably doesn't listen anymore as she's falling asleep, which she used to do. So yeah, so I think that's okay to say. We'll be okay. Oh, Lauren, you mean yeah. your wife? Yeah. yeah. Um, and if she does, you know, I think she needs to say, I think she needs to hear it anyway, you know, and maybe, maybe, uh, maybe make some changes in her life. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was officially maybe slightly too far. <laughs> we may have finally got there. But see, this is the type of thing that we do sometimes in yeah. front of our friends and they get uncomfortable. They, so think, uncomfortable. they think that we're actually upset at each other or that Jonathan really means what he's saying. Yeah. It's true. And I feel like the audience may be experiencing that feeling right now. Yeah, that little bit of discomfort, but yeah. it, it's hard to turn away. So <laughs> we got them. But yeah, no, you're right. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, there's certain there's certain topics that we joke about with each other when there's no one else around, which um, I think most people would be uncomfortable about. Not uh, because yeah. they were offended, because they're worried about the receiver of the joke. Yeah. But we're fine with it. Yeah. You actually are really hardy in that way. I think hardier than almost anyone I know. Like, uh, yeah, the kinds probably. of stuff. I've joked about with you that you are f- about you yeah. that you're fine with is really kind of amazing. Yeah. It, um, I tell the story, you know, to people sometimes because I'm like, this is the kind of shit I say to Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, it's not like, can you believe it? You basically can't offend me. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And that makes the show work pretty well, too. Because you get to do whatever the hell you want. It's perfect for you. Yeah. yeah it's a beautiful thing. Like, free reign, baby. I got free reign with the, with the advertiser. I got free reign with the 
podcast hosts, I can say anything to anyone and about them. I can say I can say nitrogen's killed people in very <laughs> I can say you'll betray your daughter for a, a Dorito. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Free reign, baby. That's like a Jonathan Levy quote from back in the day yeah. from the ad that Nitrogen aped and made into their own ad. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's an all timer. Yeah. That, that, that moment as far well, as because, well, especially considering that it was on so many poker times in yes, a row. Of course. With, with your face as a train. Yes. That too. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird one. Yeah. Anyway. Well, let's so this is the Hustler Live Casino game. So let's talk about something relevant to both what you were just saying and the game. Uh oh. Somebody I know who's where you're going. Somebody who's in trouble for their past actions. And it's not Grant Dennison it's not, this time. And it's not Jonathan Levy. And it's just I mean, okay, so this is coming out a month after we recorded or so. Right. Maybe so. even a little bit more. So this is not necessarily topical. And there might even be new stuff. Yeah, there really might be. But I want to say before we get into this discussion that all of this is alleged. We don't we, we don't know for sure that all these things have happened. Well, we can talk about the charges that have been brought. Yeah. That's what we can say. But a, a player that we've done a lot of breakdowns on in the, in the recent past is Galia Frock, and he is in some deep trouble. Yes. So why don't you... I, it's pretty interesting stuff, because, like, I want to explain a little further before okay. we get into what happened. You know, there's a lot of the players in these super high-stakes games where you're like, oh, they seem to, like, be in these games enough that they are a pro or something, but then the way they play, like, Gal, the last hand we did with Gal was... He called Queen Jack off when Under the Gun opened on the in the cutoff for six hundred. Then the button three bet to three thousand, right? And Gall called again. Yeah, and it's like that's not a pro, right? And um, you kind of wonder where they have their money from, and you think, oh, maybe it's just inherited wealth, or they are a finance guy or something. Yeah, yeah but that's not where Gall had his money from. Apparently. I mean, Gall might say I'm a finance guy, but here's here's what the uh, what is this? This is the Daily Beast. I'm just going to read you from their first paragraph here. Um, He's been charged with running an illegal gambling business in the, his home state of California, quote, involving supplying, operating, and maintaining video slot machines and devices and laundering the proceeds. That's, that's a big word. Laundering the proceeds using chips from a legit casino near his home, according to a newly unsealed federal indictment. Um, so to be clear, what that means is he faces up to 25 years in jail because the, um, the first part, owning or do, in operating the casino... An unlicensed casino is is up to five years, but money laundering is a really big deal. If you've ever seen Breaking Bad, that's up to 20 years. Right. The the government wants their money. If if you're going to make money, the government wants their piece. That's how it's going to work. They'd rather have you do illegal activities and pay them taxes. The penalties are much less than that than avoiding the taxes for the illegal activities. As you see, it's four times as much. Yeah. So that is kind of a big deal. And if these things are true and proven to be true in a court of law or that they can convince a jury, um, he's going to go away for a while, probably. Yeah, and he might not have any money when he gets out. I mean, they're going to probably possible. seize all of the assets that they can, yeah. depending on how he allocated those assets, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that's kind of fascinating news about a player that we've just we've seen, seen in the lot. high roller circuit for our, the last couple of years. I mean, so, something I mentioned to you when we first were talking about this earlier today is like, Playing poker is a way for people to launder money. Like right. when, I, when I was first uh, playing poker in my, my life in Brooklyn back in the day, I would play in an underground game. It was like a one-two game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I played with criminals. Like yeah. not only criminals, but I would say about half the pool, player pool, was absolutely like real-life criminals, some like mafia gangster-type dudes even, who were absolutely laundering not huge amounts of money, but were absolutely like bringing money in and did not mind losing it because... You know, they couldn't use it as it was anyway. So they could gamble it up and sometimes... But they sometimes could use lose. it after they played in an unlicensed game? Well, yeah, because what you're doing is you're taking cash yeah. and you're... Um, 
Oh, that's an interesting point. Actually, I think it has to be like yeah, a you're right. Known they were not laundering it has to be money. Like a known transaction. You're right. That's not laundering money. That's no. that's just them having money that it's hard to do stuff with. Yeah, that's what it was. So it's that they that money needed to be laundered, but losing it then is is less of a thing. Yes, right. That's that's what it's because there's a big tax on laundering. It's yeah, hard. it costs you money to launder money. Yeah. of course. Uh, so yeah, I, I misspoke there. But still, it has to be in a real casino if you're going to launder right. in a casino. That's right. You got to bring it in. You buy chips. You cash those chips out. Now you've got clean money. Right. Yeah. That you can say, oh, I won this playing poker. Right. Much right. like Which, Gall probably I mean, did. In, a way, in a way, that may explain some of Gall's plays. Like yes. calling a four bet out of position when Berkey makes it 20K with queen nine of clubs right. or whatever it was. Like, he's like, yeah, I mean, I don't care. Like this, this is just a way for this money to become legit. I'm just happy mm-hmm. that I have any of it at the end of the day. Yeah, and you know, maybe even making memorable plays that are big, like, you know, high variance plays maybe is good for stuff like that, you know? But I definitely felt like sometimes I would play against guys who did not care if they won or lost because that money was like, I didn't, I guess we never talked about it, but I assumed it was because the money was like hard to bring into the, you know, the world a little bit, you know? Well, I mean, that might have also just not been that much money for them. That's playing that's a, a one-two game. Yeah, that's, that's a really fair point. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of money for me when I was much younger, I guess, like, but probably yeah. not for them. Yeah, maybe I just had really wrong perceptions about that game now that we're talking about it. You it know. was actually... They like, were criminals. That it I was know. actually like a home game in somebody's no. basement in the suburbs. That is like, not true. No, it was, it was definitely an underground game in Brooklyn, and they were criminals, a lot of them. No question about that. Like, I saw some... Some people almost got very badly hurt. Did that ever times. concern you to be there? Yes. Um, yeah. In fact, I had to do things to uh, make sure I was on their good side because they would complain about me a little bit because, like, I was playing tight, so I had it a lot. Yeah. So, like, they really didn't like when I would raise them and stuff like that. Like, I had some pre-flop, like, it would be like, raise, call, 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 and I'd put in a big three-bet with jacks. And this one guy, I remember this, this exact hand, this guy um, complained, like, he just sat there and didn't fold and complained about this, this kid is, like, you know, raising a lot, and what the hell, I want to be able to play my hand and all this stuff. And I was like, fuck, it's not great. And he was complaining to his friends and took, like, three minutes to fold, complaining the whole time. Everyone else folded, I immediately showed I had jacks. I'm like, no, 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 see, I, it's because I, you know, like, I didn't want him to think, like, I was bluffing him because, like, yeah. I'm not trying to take advantage of you, man. I'm not, like, pushing. I had a really good hand, you know. Like, I had to do that. I had to do stuff like that. And they liked me. They like learned to like me and stuff. But I, but I worked on it. That's I, a great argument for not playing in those yeah. games. I saw a kid one time, uh, like make a call, like make a hero call or something like that against some like enforcer type, like huge guy, young guy who clearly, yeah. you know, was like collect loan shark yeah. collector type person. Um, and the kid like talked just the tiniest bit of trash to him afterward, the tiniest bit. And like five minutes later, I started pulling my chips off the table because I was like, this, this dude's about to flip the table and beat the shit out of this kid. And like, my chips are going to go everywhere, so I better protect my money. Like, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Like, it took, it was like the guy was super intense. And like, I was like, sure, the table was going to get flipped. It didn't. But I was like, 90%, like, the table's getting flipped and this kid's getting the shit kicked out of him. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. Like, that kind of stuff was in play. Yeah. Yeah, that really makes me not want to play unlicensed games. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, that was all, that's all I really knew. Like, I first started playing in, like, actually, the first games I played were even smaller, and they were limit games, and they were um, with, like, college kids, like MIT kids and stuff like that. And then I graduated to, like, the No Limit Underground games, you know, and then, to me, then that was, like, that's what a No Limit game is, you know, like... No limits to what can happen to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah really. Anyway, I mean, so that it, I, I don't mean to offend anybody because I know a lot of the listeners probably do play underground games. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying all underground games are bad. But if, you, if you're just invited to one or, and you haven't been there before, like, I know it can be enticing, especially if the stakes are higher than you can find elsewhere in your area. But, you know, take, take the risk assessment with you when you go. Like, 
knowing about underground games around here, I've I have years of experience of not playing the underground games of Portland except at the very beginning of of, mm. of playing poker. And, yeah. and the one that I did play in a few times, the proprietors who seem super nice, eventually when I wasn't there, but a friend of mine was, just beat the shit out of somebody. Really? Who just who was who was being uh, apparently a dick. Yeah. But like you just got the shit kicked out of him. Like yeah. in a really bad way. Like a scary let's leave right now type of way. Yeah. And then and that that was like a one two game. So it's not like this, it's not like the money involved was super high. There's also like games that a lot of, of the people who are who know the Portland poker scene have like heard of these games and so and like we have friends who are like, I should play it. It seems like a really good game. Guess what happened to that friend? Yeah. They they got set up. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. They wow. really got set up because Pretty everybody bad. knew they were gonna get set up because of the people who were we running said the game. You're gonna get set up, and then he got set up. Yeah. He's like, Oh yeah, I got in, was it like aces versus oh no, no, he had he had like top set of queens and he got in with aces on the flop and they ran it twice and yeah. lost both times and in the spot where like you're definitely gonna get coolered, man. They're yeah. on purpose. They're gonna do this to you. They do right. This. And the first night he goes, that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. And he lost like six K or something like that. And he never went back. Actually, I think eventually well, he not to that game, but he started he, anyway. It doesn't matter. His risk tolerance is different than ours yes. for these things. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of bad shit that can go... Like, Say what you will about regulation in all cases, but sometimes it can be very helpful for creating the correct environment, and I think in poker that may be the case. I mean, you're paying a rake for a reason. And part, yeah. The biggest part... The biggest reason why you're paying a rake really is this, it's a security thing, I believe. Yeah. That's what I see it as. Like, you are protected in a way that you can't be protected otherwise, both from fraud, not yeah. to say you're perfectly protected, but much more so from danger, yeah. from, like, all this kind of stuff, right? Like, someone, like, doesn't want to pay, like, you win a big all-in, and someone's like, I'm not giving you my chips, and walks away. Well, they can say, like, don't pay that guy out, you yeah. know, and then when they take the money that's owed you and pay you, like, they can do whatever they want. They, yeah. Those chips have no actual value, you know? Right. Like, we just say they do, Right. Um, not to say that the guy couldn't like figure out ways to get around that. Of course he could, but like th- there's like an implied threat there, even from the casino's point of view of like we can, you know, you have to go along with what we say, otherwise we can. We have we're holding your money, so yeah. like, you kind of have to do what we say with about the rules of the game and stuff like that, and it works really, really well. Yeah, there's a lot of value there. Yeah, so like. Yeah, rake is high, and rake is probably too high in a lot of cases, and they're stealing from everyone. It's I, not like in the home games, the rake is low. Like, in a yeah. lot of those cases, the rake well, is much higher. It depends on where you are, what games you're talking about, yeah. right? Like, if you're in Australia, the rake is insane. Oh, at, it's at the casino, yeah. It's like 10% uncapped and stuff like That's that. That's really I mean, bad. Absolutely, absolutely. Or, like, 10% capped at $50. Like, absolutely insane stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's So that's you can bad. find home games which are better than that, but the trick is you want to find a regulated game, if you can, that is not... Insane. We're we're lucky to be in Portland, where in like, Portland, where you basically don't pay rake yeah. in the regulated games. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you find like you go to you're in Vegas, you're in California, you're playing time games. Yeah, um, that's that's pretty good. But anyway, whatever it is, like as long as you can find a game you can beat with, and you include the rake, you're fine. But yeah. online is good for that too, right? Online, you're pretty unlikely to be cheated if you're using a major site. Well, the problem with online is like there are ways to cheat online that are very yes. easy to do. Well, you mean like uh, collusion? Collusion, yeah, yeah, that's super easy, especially one. in cash games. Super easy, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that's... it's harder to evade that detection now. Like, I think if you keep sitting at the, at the same table with the same people, they start to notice that. But if, if the games are, if there aren't that many people, if the player pool is small for a particular game, then that's not going to matter. But if it's big and you keep sitting at the same table, they're going to start to pick up on that. I would say the least likely place to get cheated when playing poker, though, is a casino. Absolutely. Because online, there's also, like, it's not exactly you're getting cheated, but, like, there's uh, RTAs. They're even used by, like, the yeah. top guys. A lot of the top guys yeah. have been accused of using RTAs, yeah. which... Which, That's real-time assistance. Yeah, which basically helps them make GTO decisions in real time yep. without them having to think it up. Uh, by the way, 
people can absolutely collude in live poker too, right? Like it's yeah. not that hard to do it. No, right? they, like, they absolutely can, but it's also it's hard it's it's not it, as bad. it's harder to cover up. It's harder to cover up. Mostly people who are going to be colluding at live poker, unless you're at very high stakes, aren't going to be good poker players anyway, might be bad at colluding, yeah. like don't even really know how to do it. If they're colluding at one, two, they're probably hurting themselves more than they're hurting you. Um, and like you can, you know, it's a little harder even to play at the same table sometimes yeah. too, right? Yeah. And if you have a suspicion about that, you can leave the table really, right. really easily and make sure you never play there with are, this guy, which I have done. There are, of course, exceptions such as Mike Possel, who yes. somehow got away with it. For a long time, anyway. No, he actually, like, I think he's been acquitted of, of the counts. Oh, um, I think he did pay off um, some stuff, though, oh, didn't did he? he? I think he did. For the, in, the, in the civil stuff, I think he okay. paid off. Um, I don't remember exactly, and I'm not going to look it up now, because who really cares? Yeah. Mike Possel, bad person, we're moving on. Almost as bad as, that's right, you know it. Great Edison! <laughs> Dirty Laundry Day! Yeah. So anyway, we probably won't be seeing Gall in these games for a while. Probably not. That would be surprising Yeah, for him to show up. In these games or anywhere, maybe. Yeah, maybe. He's been, he, you know, this, this indictment came down over a month ago. So he's known about this, too, as he's been playing and stuff like that. So I wonder, I mean, I imagine it's just like must be really rough. Like, I don't know if he's been playing since that happened. Well, we, this hand we're doing is uh, less than a month old. It, he's not in this hand. Okay. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, then, but my point is still true that this hand is less than a month old that we're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should get to it. Okay, let's do it. What a transition. Incredible transition. That was amazing. Hey, this hand was suggested by Christian on Discord. So, you know. It's not just a name. It's a way of life. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but in this case, we're talking about a person named Christian. Yeah. Who suggested this hand on Discord. We have a suggest hands thread on our Discord. There is a link to the Discord in the description of this podcast. You can check that out. There's a lot of cool stuff there. There will be a thread for this hand where Danny Sprung, one of our, our solvers, will post his solver work. We will cool. also be seeing that work, but not until we're done with our analysis. Then we'll come back and talk about it. But if you want to see his entire work, check out the Discord, along with other fun stuff, Poker Talk. We have... A vibrant Discord going on right now. Today, as we're doing recording, there's like so many messages going on about so Philip many. Zimbardo. <laughs> <laughs> it's Which crazy. is like pretty fun, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know what that means, it's fine. Just Google it. Or um, go into the Discord. Yeah. Go into the Discord. But we'd like to see you there. Indeed. I will say the creep on these openings is incredible. Yeah. What, what, what it's become. Like there was a point where it was like 10 minutes for the opening. Then we get to the hand and then it like creeped to 15. Now I feel like it's like Christmas in July up in here because... We're at minute 26. Wow. <laughs> Let's get to the hand. 26. It's amazing. Okay. Well, here's the deal for those of you who did not like that and somehow are still here. Yeah. Every time in the description of the podcast for the past two months in, or three months even, from now on, yeah. there will be a point where I, say, where I write analysis starts at X. That's And great. so you can jump right there if you don't want to hear all this. Uh, you know... I love that you do that, I want to say. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things about you that I celebrate. Thank you. I didn't even say one of the few things. I wanted to, and I stopped myself to you give kind you a of full, did, you kind of you did, full though, compliment. But you kind of did, though. <laughs> I just gave you a full, full compliment. No, I intentionally didn't, is what I'm saying. I didn't say it was yeah, one yeah, of the few yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that that's how it feels. I, I also didn't say it's one of the few <laughs> things that's worth celebrating about you. I didn't say that either. You didn't say that. I, I held back. I wanted to say both, and I didn't because I'm supporting you today on Dirty Laundry Day. You're basically, you're, you're without flaws. I'm a humanitarian. Let's <laughs> get it to the hand. Yeah. So All maybe right. not everybody wants to hear that stuff. So we put the stuff in, in, okay. the, in the description and everybody knows when the analysis starts, which is now. Great. 200, 400 with a 400 big blind ante, Hustler Casino Live. There is an 800 straddle in this hand. Okay. So we're going to start with a couple of players that we've 
we've done hands on before. Each we've done one hand on. Mm-hmm. Um, one is a guy named Wesley who, in the last ten, he made the nuts, I believe it was, or just a really good flush. I don't know. He had queen Can't jack remember. suited. He was really short. It was odd how short he was for the game, uh, and we didn't really know anything about him. Anyway, now he's not short. He's got one hundred ninety-two thousand. And now we know a little bit more about him because he limps the button with 10 deuces spades. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Yeah. What are you doing? There's, um, we have small blind, big blind, and a straddle, yeah. right? Wow. Yeah. So not, not a good strategy, it seems. No, I'm not a fan of it. All right. So then we got Brick, who we just did a hand on, which yes. was a pretty f- phenomenal hand, actually. Yes. Like, a lot of interesting stuff. We're like, we think he's an amateur, but there's a, some of these decisions are pretty good, yeah. we think. And it, it might have just been luck that he made the right decisions in our mind. Who yeah. knows? Um, I mean, he started with a string raise, so it didn't seem like he was much of a live player in that hand. And yeah, anyway, we don't anyway, know. here's some evidence on brick. Yeah. So he's in the $200 small blind. Again, there's an $800 straddle on and he's going to limp with six of hearts, deuce of, deuce of diamonds. So six deuce off. So yeah, I think he's probably not a pro. I think our initial thoughts were right there. I think he's not a poker player. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, you know what I mean? Not, not, like a a, not, a, not a winning poker player, I should say. Yeah. You can't be a winning poker player to make this play like pretty much ever, right? Seems that way. Okay. All right, let's get to the the people of the, who are actually going to play this hand like deep into the hand. Okay. Let's go start with Dylan Gang, the main antagonist of Garrett Edelstein. And lucky us, Garrett Edelstein is the other player in the hand. That is perfect. Gang yeah. of Dylan, let's go. Yeah, Dylan Gang, who is, I guess, kind of a dick sometimes. And, yeah, uh, I think that's fair s- Slow rolled Garrett on purpose in a way that wasn't funny or, or funny, according to you. Um, yeah, right. It was kind of a dick move. It didn't... I don't think... It affected Garrett in any big time way. I don't think it really matters, but it was still a. Dick but he was move. like trying to be mean. Yes, I think I think he was like he was doing it with malice in his heart. I think so. Now maybe you know maybe it's not as much malice as it looked like, but it sure his tone of voice and everything was like I don't know. It's kind of lame. Anyway, Dylan Gang has two hundred forty-seven thousand in front of him. Yep, and he's got Jack Three of Diamonds, and here's the first reasonable limp of the hand. He limps yes. for four hundred more with Jack Three of Diamonds. I have no complaints about this play. Yeah, seems fine. Yeah. Garrett's in the big blind with oodles of money, $400,000 in front of him, and he's got king-queen off. Now, I assume Garrett's been playing with these guys long enough to understand that their ranges are such yeah. that they are. So a raise is certainly in order with king-queen off. Um, usually it is when the button limps and you're in the scenario in the straddle, but sometimes you could be like, oh, the button's a really trappy player and was hoping for the spot or something, yeah. right? Um, so if you're going to raise in your Garrett, how much are you going to make it? I mean, if you're going to think of it like... I would probably 3x it if there was no one in the pot, although maybe you wouldn't, but let's say 3x, and then you add one for each player. Now, you have position on almost everyone except the button, but yeah. still, that, that would get you to 6x. So I think anywhere between like 5 and change and 7 and change, or 7 is not crazy. 7,000 or 7x? 7x. Yeah. 7x. Okay. So like, yeah, 5,600 would be the, I feel like 5,500 feels like the absolute top end of what you'd ever need to raise here. And you could go as little as 35. Was it yeah no four thousand somewhere between four thousand fifty five hundred. Well, I guess he he just been listening to a lot of breakdowns because he's going to make it five k. Yep. Now I did know he was going to make it five k. So yeah. these things sometimes you know it's hard to know how these things impact you. But I I think it I think this is a spot especially with these guys who are absolutely not going to fold if you make a normal size raise here. Yeah. You know we've got blockers. We're happy to take it down right now. If we don't take it down, we probably want it to be mostly heads up. So we we size it up here. Yeah, and I think. Uh, a point in favor of making it bigger is the depth of stack here. The shortest stack is Wesley with 192,000. Good point. Yeah. I didn't write down brick stack, but I remember it was, it was large. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, making it larger with deeper stacks makes sense. That's just, you know, how things work. Agreed. Um, so Wesley folds, brick folds. Cool. Dylan folds. 
And great hand by Garrett. Because, of course, they do. Look at the hands they have, right? Yes. Except that Dylan Gang does not fold. He's got jack three of diamonds. Yeah. And he's out of position to Garrett. And he's going to three bet. This has to be better than calling. It's got to be better than calling. But it is, does it really represent anything? Is it a good story? I don't think so. <laughs> like, if Dylan had pocket eights, he wouldn't have just completed almost ever. No. If Dylan had ace king, I don't believe he would complete almost ever. When there's two limps already, and all Garrett has to do is knock the table. Pocket aces, pocket kings, pocket queens. It feels very unlikely Dylan can have a strong hand here. Now, we don't know much about Dylan except for the few hands we've seen with him against Garrett. Right. It's possible that he does this type of thing with big hands. Maybe. But it seems like that's not typical of almost any player population to do this regularly with a strong hand. Yeah. To do this regularly at all, though, in fairness. Like, this is not a play you really see very much. Right? Also, why choose this hand to do it with? Jack three of diamonds. I mean, I got nothing. I could see trying to create a balanced range where you do, like, ace wheel suited and aces and kings or something like that. Maybe, not, maybe even you have ace deuce here. Ace deuce off. And you're like, eh, Garrett doesn't have to have it that much. I've got a blocker. Fine. Yeah. You know? Let's bomb it and see if he actually has anything. That, that seems better. Jack three suited makes no sense. Well, you also said let's bomb it, and he doesn't really do that either. He makes it 14K over Garrett's five. I don't understand. I feel like we're not generating enough fold equity out of position. It's only 9K more. And how much is in the pot? Garrett's five, Dylan's 14, and then the limps on top. There's two other limps of 800. There's another 2,000 in there with the anti. It's like 14. Or there's, two, there's two 800s and a 400, so that's, yeah. that's 2K. Yeah. Oh, so and he made it 15? He made it 14K. Wow. So that's another 7,000. 21,000. It's, it's 9,021. Garrett's in position with, with how can he fold almost anything that he chose to raise? Yeah. This like, is a terrible size. Yeah. Make it 20K. Maybe you get him to fold sometimes. You got a shot. I think you probably need to size it up even a little more. I would guess it's probably more like 23. Yeah. And now Garrett can consider folding some reasonable hands. I don't know if he's folding this hand even for 23, but like Jack-10 suited. maybe eh, Probably not suited. Jack-10 off. King-Jack off. Maybe yeah. King-Queen. Ace-10. Maybe he finds folds maybe with those like, Maybe he has like Ace-8 off in his range. Right. Things like that. Or he might right. fold. Maybe. Yeah. Instead, here we are. So I don't like this size at all. No, I don't I, know why he's doing it. I don't like the size. This all feels like super rando button-clicking stuff. feels like... The slow roll plus the hands that we've done with Dylan Gang so far make me feel like his real goal playing poker is to become the table captain, mm. like the boss of the table who's like, yeah, I, I outplayed you. Like, yep, there's a lot of that in poker. Yeah. That, I mean, we don't have a big sample size, but everything we've seen with, from Dylan so far seems to be that's his intent, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, it makes it 14K, and of course, Garrett calls because well, it's cheap. We should talk about it for a second. Like, calling is totally reasonable. Is there a four bet? No. I mean, Gillen's story makes kind of no sense. Yeah, at all. but we're in position. We're Garrett. We're really good. This guy's great gonna, price. Yeah, and we probably think that this guy's just begging to put in a ton of money in against yeah. us and show us a bluff sometime. You right. Know, like, so in- instead of turning our hand into a bluff, we can actually play it for value. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, good. Especially in position. Yes. Yeah. Of course. I think out of position we could make more decisions. We could. We we need to four bet more. Yeah. But in position, this feels like this is kind of the perfect hand to call with, right? Yep. Yep. So the pot is now twenty nine thousand four hundred dollars. Okay, so sure. things got a little inflated there, as they do. As they do. Flop is nine of diamonds, deuce of hearts, jack of spades. Dylan is the king. I mean, Garrett flopped pretty well too. He flopped okay. I mean, he's got overs and a shot at the guts. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> a shot at the nuts, a gutter to the nuts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A shot, a shot at, at the, the guts. guts. A shot at the guts. Sort of right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Come on, back me up, bro. 
Dylan flops top pair, of course, with Jack three of diamonds. Yeah. As Dylan, are you always betting when you flop top pair here? Just like, please end this hand, basically? I don't know why we would. We have such a bad hand, and there's so many bad cards. I don't know why we would ever allow another card just to come off for free. Yeah. I, I, I mean, sure. Yes, he has ace jack. Yes, he probably has king jack suited and maybe even queen jack suited and stuff. Whatever, man. Like, we got to bet. We can't just let him check and hit a king or an ace or a queen or a 10. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. How do you want to size it? 29-4 in the pot. That's a good question. I feel like this is a somewhat coordinated board with the jack and the nine. Mm-hmm. There's the suits. It's a rainbow board, but still, that jack and the nine means queen, queen jack, king. Sorry, queen, king, queen, ten, king, ten. All that stuff has like got reasonable outs, and those are the kinds of hands Garrett should have a fair amount of. Yeah, um, I think I want to bet a reasonable size here. I think I want to bet at least half pot, like sixteen, seventeen k. Yeah. I mean, you could talk me into fourteen five. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, go for a, a ice skate. I'd probably stick around. You wouldn't but... go for an ice skate. <laughs> yeah, is that what people do when they are like, ah, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go ice skating. Well, they don't go ice skating. They go for an ice. For skate. an ice. Is that you go? That means you go somewhere and you get an actual ice skate one. Ah, and you come back. <laughs> Or it could mean there's like a really good bakery that makes cookies that are shaped like things and they make yeah. an ice skate shaped oh, cookie. Like a bear claw. Like yeah. I go for a bear claw. Yeah. I go for an ice skate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, actually. And I'm sure there's got to be some somewhere, right? Yeah. Like Lake Placid, they probably have that. Yeah, of course, Lake Placid. I mean, obviously. They have the ice skate cookies there. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Also, Montreal, because they have everything in Montreal. It's, Mont- it's, Mont- very, it's Montreal. It's a very metropolitan. It's Montreal. Yeah, it's very metropolitan. Though. Yeah. Very me- or is it Metropolitan? Metropolitan. Metropolitan. <laughs> Canadians, man. <laughs> yeah, I hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dylan goes smaller than that. Yeah. He bets 9K. He really likes to, to bet an amount that makes Garrett have to decide whether or not he wants to put $9,000 in the pot, apparently, because that's what he's done twice now. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's not the end of the world to bet 9K here. No, you're going to fold out some of Garrett's range. You you're, know, some yeah. stuff that has equity against you. I mean, you have top pair. You're going to get a lot of value with the 9K bet, right? Because yeah. like, we don't have to get a fold. We have top pair. We do have a good hand. Um, we're a favorite against all the hands we're quote worried about, you know, that aren't already beating us, of course. Um, so it's, it's fine. I just would want to bet more. Yep. So for this size, obviously Garrett can't fold with two overs and a shot at the guts. Yeah. So how do you proceed? I mostly call. Here. All right. I think just, I'm mostly calling. Right. It's you cheap. Get, you get to I'm stab the turn if, if Dylan checks. Exactly. Like when he gets, we get, we give Dylan a chance to get bluffed on the turn. By calling without having to overrep, not overrep, but rep a really big range right now, which is what we'd have to do if we were to raise. Obviously, I, we're never folding. I'm not sure if that's true based on our previous Garrett Dillon hand where Garrett raised top pair. Interesting point. Yeah. That's a good point. So then maybe we can have um, just jacks here. Yeah, any like queen jack plus type hand. Maybe. Maybe we can have jack 10 even. Yeah. That's an interesting point. But that's that's what else do we have? We have pocket nines, pocket deuces, jack nines suited, of which there's two combos. We have some jack jack that we're not going to four bet, especially okay. if our strategy You're is right. Dylan is to let him drive the action. Sure, we can have some jack jack, and of course we can have, I guess, at least some of the time top pair or over pairs even. Yeah, I don't know if Garrett's raising all that stuff though. Remember when we did the ten nine hand? Ten nine was the best nine to raise. Well, according to the solver, but according that doesn't necessarily mean that Garrett wasn't going to raise his other nines. That is true. That is true. Yeah. I, and, you know, he may not raise all of these things, but he probably has more raises in him than 
traditional poker would dictate. I will say this, too. If Garrett indeed has all these raises in him, then he needs to have more bluffs, right? Yeah. Because then Queen-10 ain't going to do it, and 8-10 suited ain't going to do it. That's just not going to happen. I mean, how often is he going to raise 8-10 suited preflop anyway? Right. Yeah. But, like, even if he has all four combos somehow. Yeah. Like, you just don't... That's 20 combos total. I don't think that's enough if we're going to have all the... All the jacks. Right. Like, that's so many combos. Yeah. And Dylan's probably got a lot of air on this board. I mean, he has jack yeah. three suited. What, what, what do you think he would have done if the board was four, four, six? Right. Do you think he would have checked? Probably not. Probably not. So and as Garrett, too, it's kind of cool because although it's uh, queen 10 is an open ender, that's the only obvious, really obvious draw. And I guess king queen is another reasonable draw. There's no other, there isn't like there's a flush draw in here. So it's going to be harder for Dylan to put Garrett on a bluff. Yeah. It feels more value-y because of the nature of the board. Yeah. And if he so, can have top pair and over pairs and stuff like that, then he's, you know, repping okay. Yep. So that's, okay. what he, that's what he's going to go for. He's going to make it 32K. I, don't, I mean, I don't hate it. I, I don't mind just putting 9K in, in position, super cheap, get a pretty, pretty cheap turn card without. Yeah. But I can't hate this either. We only have king high. Yep. Right. Now, against a capable player like Garrett, this is an uncomfortable position for Dylan. But now that you flop top pair with this hand, it feels like you can't fold, right? Yeah. I don't think you can just fold top pair to Garrett on the flop. No. That sounds like a losing money play, even though there's going to be a lot of pain Involved with calling in these spots, especially if he's capable of raising just top pair against you, you've got the worst top pair. Yeah. But still, we can't fold yet. Yeah. We just can't. So he calls. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It also makes sense to sign up for nitrogen. Because that's the place where you can hide. <laughs> you know? From who? From your, from your debtors. Or from your, creditors. Your, your past self. Your past or your self. future self. Or if, if you're Grant Dennison from your family, because you want you Grant need alone time. Yeah. <laughs> is your wife still listening? Because if she is, this is the part I want her to hear. Hiding from your family. <laughs> Good ad. <laughs> it's fine. Come on. Boy, things got a little serious yeah. over here. A little awkward, a little serious. I mean, I'm trying to do an ad over here. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry. You go ahead. <laughs> nitrogen sports <laughs> they have good stuff it's true it's true they do they have our monthly tournament it's a great tournament uh, I love it the last sunday of every month but you have to use the link in the description when you sign up or you don't get access to it which would be a mistake don't make mistakes that's not what we're here for we're what here you, to thrive we're here to, to kaiser grow. permanente kaiser permanente <laughs> i thought you'd say kaiser soze no because i said thrive which is the kaiser permanente like motto everyone in the whole world understands that joke that's a good joke i said thrive and then i said kaiser permanente yeah, yeah it's it a good joke nope that is too local. Too local. Local? Local. What do you mean by local? Do we have a worldwide audience or not? What do you mean by local when you're referring to Kaiser Permanente? Do you assume that it's just in the Pacific Northwest? Is it just in the U.S.? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <You> think, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not providing health services. Well, I don't care if the Canadians the don't know. Whether, I don't care about the Canadians either. <laughs> okay, good. At least we are on, on the same page. I there. don't want the Canadians to get the jokes. I want them to be confused. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, Canadians, but you needed to hear that. Yeah, sometimes tough love is the best way <laughs> to get the Canadians to pay attention. Yeah. And to be clear, Grant actually hates Canadians, and I more do it performatively for the jokes, but Grant really does <laughs> hate the fuck out of you guys. That is not true. <laughs> Jonathan is an asshole. Uh, wow, 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 wow. But he's not, 
He's not an idiot, and that's why he is on Nitrogen Sports having used our link. I take that compliment. You should, <laughs> because it's all you're going to get. <laughs> Dirty laundry day. Yeah. Uh, of course, they have casino games, sports betting. It's Bitcoin only, and when you want your Bitcoin, they give it to you in 90 minutes or less because they're not fucking around with your money. They love people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Unlike Dylan Gang, who seems to hate people. You know, a little bit. Yeah, bit. got a lot of little angry streak for so no we'll, obvious reason. So let's see, let's see what, what goes on with him. Okay, then. great. The past $93,400. It's got really big. Really big. Yeah. Nine of da- diamonds, deuce of hearts, jack of spades. Dylan, who was the original aggressor with the, the preflop three bet, has jack three of diamonds for top pair. Garrett has king queen off for two overs and a gut shot, and he has raised the flop. The turn is the jack of clubs. Ding, ding, ding for Dylan. Pretty good card. Yeah. I mean... We are still losing to a fair amount of the raising range. Yeah. Losing to all the top pair hands and and some other stuff, too. If we know that Garrett is the guy who's going to be raising those hands, then it it can sometimes be a death card. We should know that sometimes he's that guy, right? Yeah. Against us, right? We should should have seen that. Mm -hmm. All the the games are streamed and stuff that we're playing with him, so we should know that. Yep. So we, we should know that sometimes that, I mean, we're locked into the hand now. Like, I don't know how we're going to find a fold at any point, but we probably don't want to inflate this pot either with yeah. this very nice hand. Yeah. So he checks. Sure. Which makes sense. He's out of flow. Yeah. It's Garrett's, Garrett's the aggressor. Garrett's going to bet. Do you think this is a good idea? So it's interesting, right? By betting here, Garrett's saying, I've got three jacks. You should find a fold with all your marginal stuff. Or I have nines full or deuces full. Sure. Yeah. I've got at least three jacks. So all your marginal stuff, ace nine, pocket tens, whatever, should just find a fold because, like, you got, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what the story would be. That's not a crazy story. When Garrett, if, since we know Garrett is capable of raising top pair against Dylan, yeah. this is a reasonable card to keep telling your story. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get Dylan to fold a hand like pocket queens. No. I doubt. I doubt it. Like, again, certain players you could fold queens for sure here, but I don't think Garrett's one of those players, right? Yeah, I don't think so. So if we're not going to fold queens, are we really going to fold tens? I'm not sure. I don't know if this is going to be an effective bet. I'm now worried about it being an effective bet. Once, once Dylan has called the flop, because that, that's implicit in your analysis, right? Because Dylan obviously has an infinite range preflop. Right. But once he calls the flop, mm-hmm. he's got like a nine or a hand like you described, a pocket pair. I guess he can have queen ten. You can have queen 10, which, yeah, that we would be... find a, a fold on the turn. Yeah, which, you know, we're beating anyways, Garrett, but that's fine to that's just fold true. it out. That's true. It's fine just to fold it out. Do you think it's... So you think this is a bad idea to bet? <sighs> I am not convinced that it's a good idea. Yeah. I think it may be a bad idea. It may be. If it's, we check, we're going to rep kings by checking or something like that, right? Queens. Although, we didn't four bet pre, so we're not repping too much of that. We're repping a little bit of that. Yeah, it's What not, are we repping if we check? Not nothing. This is the problem. Yeah. So we want to we want to leave our avenues open to win the pot in the future. That's the whole point of betting. That's that would be the only obvious point. I think we assume we're getting called most of the time. Right. So we can do that, or we can just take the free card. We can say, well, we spent thirty two thousand dollars, but we were going to probably pay more than that on the turn anyway. If Dylan actually has something, which it seems like he does. So actually, we got to the river kind of cheap, and we still have outs probably. Yeah. Probably most of the time. Um, it's not unreasonable at all to check back here. I think. Yeah. In I fact, I'm leaning towards it. I don't hate that. But I do understand that you get to rep more by betting. Yes. Um, which is a double-edged nines. sword because cause you want to kind of bet small to, to mitigate what you lose when that doesn't work out. So that's what Garrett's going to do. He's going to bet 35 and a 93,400. But when you bet 35, you're not going to fold out a nine, right? Most it's of the time. It's really hard to fold out even a nine when you bet 35 after he called 32 on the flop. Yeah. 
really, really hard. I kind of feel I kind of feel what you feel, and I kind of like a check back better. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It seems seems right. I mean, but Garrett is keeping all avenues open. That's that's his goal. It seems. Here's here's what happens by betting thirty five is you set up you, everyone. The effect of stack is Dylan, and he's going to have less than a pot left by betting thirty five. Is that true? I believe so. He started with two forty seven. Yep. He puts in fourteen pre, uh, thirty two on the flop. That's forty six. Yeah. And 35. then another thirty five is going to be eighty one. And he'll have, yeah, there's going to be well over, uh, he's going to have less, yeah, he's going to have $166,000 in front of him. That's about a pot. That's about a pot. Okay, so you set up a potential pot. Okay, yeah, I mean. That's fair. I don't so know it's not Garrett wants to pull the trigger on a, a full pot. I don't know either, but that, but like that, there's a threat implied by doing it. It doesn't matter too. if the threat's there or not. Dylan's not folding a nine for 35K. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, it might fold two fives. For 35k. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that would be a victory for Garrett. Yeah. I guess Dylan may be really sticky. Who knows? He's the type that might be. But if he calls a raise on the flop, is he going to just fold on the turn for 35, even two fives? I don't know. It's not necessary. Like, he could say, talk himself into, well, now it's less like you have a jack. Like, that's a reasonable thing to think, right? Yeah. There's less combos, man. I mean, pocket nine, same amount of combos, but yeah. less combos of any, all the jacks, bro. Yeah, bro. I want to check back here. Yeah, I think I agree. Anyway, when once Garrett bets, Dylan kind of has no option but to call, right? Raising enters game three disaster territory with oh, Jack yeah. with no kicker. There's no move but to call. You're like, if Garrett checks, I'm going to bet almost all the rivers. Unless I mean, an obvious well, draw comes can't in. can't do that because you're out of position. If Garrett checks, I'm going to bet almost all the rivers. Oh, you mean if he, if he doesn't bet 35K? Yeah. I thought, okay. Oh, I see what you're thinking. Yeah. When we're on the river. Yeah. I, meant, yeah, I meant right now if he checks. Then my plan is to bet almost any right, river right, card. Right. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, that was confusing because we were talking about whether Dylan should call or not. <laughs> that is true. I see why you say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, good point. But but yeah. But since we're here and he did bet, like we just have to call. Yeah. We, we are raising call. raising that other question. But you can see the problem even with the hand that he has. Where like great, so I'm going to call 160 thousand dollars on the river with this no kicker hand. I guess I am against Garrett a lot of the time. I guess I don't even know what the I plan don't know. is. How often does it come up that a that a, a bet that size goes in? And I don't know if you should call with a. I mean, Garrett's at least capable, of, no capable of having the bluff. I think you have to call Andy, for example. Like, you absolutely like, kind of have to call Andy because he's just always bluffing in these spots in huge ways. I don't know if Garrett is. He's a little bit more measured. He is definitely more measured than Andy. Um, but he's, gonna, he's trying to be at least somewhat balanced in these spots. Yeah. Right? I, I know he's certainly capable of having bluffs. I don't know. Like, we have other jacks, if we have this jack, that are better, right? Yeah. Clearly. And we have better hands than this. In fact, I don't know how many worse hands. I guess we can have a nine and two tens. Those are the, and I guess over pairs, a little bit over pairs, right? Queens and yeah. kings and stuff. Um, so there are worse hands. I guess we, we should just see what the river is. Yeah, I mean, it, no matter what, we should be calling the turn. We can't. Yeah, be we have to call them. the turn. It's like, I hope I don't have to fold the river. That would yeah. suck. All right, so he does call. The pot's okay. 163,400. Yep. The river is the king of hearts. So Garrett makes top, top. pair with a good kicker. Yep. Uh, he's now ahead of Dylan's tens and queens. It's kind of cool. Ace nine suited or whatever nine he puts Dylan on. That's nice. Yep. As Dylan, what do you want to do? I mean, we can only check, right? Yeah. Like the that was a bad card. Queen ten just got there. Yep. King king just got there. Yeah. Garrett doesn't have very much king king. Yeah, he's got a jack plus on the turn. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, but still. Queen 10 absolutely got there. That's like the thing we're most obviously beating that chooses to raise, right? That's like yeah. the only hand that I can think of that's obvious. Yeah. Unless you want to go put, 
one or two combos of 810 suited in there, which we're still beating. I can't think of anything else. I guess King Queen exactly we're beating. Yeah. Cool, but like Queen 10 feels much more likely. Yeah. I agree. Let me double check something. Okay. Yeah. Is there's no flush drop picked up on the turn by any hand. It's mm. a full rainbow. Okay. So that matters. Yeah. Um so I feel like it's just an obvious check here. And like I don't even know if we can call it I don't think we can call a shove anymore when the king comes in. Perhaps not. So yeah. mostly check fold. Does this count as a check? Dylan bets twenty five K. Into 163,400. It does not count as a check, and there's a reason why. Why? Because sometimes Garrett may call. Yes. And if he calls, then we've successfully done a blocking bet. Yeah. Right? Um, so is this better than checking? I don't think so. Okay. Um, what are we hoping to accomplish with this bet? I guess if Garrett, Garrett has exactly king-queen, then maybe we can get called and win 25,000 that we wouldn't have won otherwise. Yeah. But any other hand that Garrett has here, this is a, this is a bad play. If Garrett has A10, he's going to fold. There's also King 10. Okay, there's also King 10. That's let's, fair. Let's, let, me, let me play the uh, role of, yeah. of Dylan Devil, which is basically Devil's Advocate, except I'm being Dylan Gang. You're being Dylan's Advocate. Yeah, Dylan's Advocate. Yeah. There you go. That works. That's better than Dylan Devil. It is. <laughs> um, all right, because Dylan, Dylan bets 25K into 163 here. Yep. We can fold to a raise now. Let's let's assume that's our plan, right? No question. So we were going to fold to a large bet anyway on this card, based on your analysis. Let's say that's how we thought about it too. Right. If, if Garrett bet pot, we were going to fold this hand anyway. Um, there are hands in Garrett's range that are going to check back, like the king. Yep. Like king ten and king queen, and we can probably reasonably assume that he's got the unsuited versions of those based on the preflop action. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at, le- at least king queen. At least king queen. And possibly king ten. So that's twelve combos of king queen. And three to 12 combos of King 10. Sure, sure. Somewhere in there. It's a decent amount of combos. Okay. Um, the jacks that are better than us are not going to raise now. We're only going to lose 25K. Right. Unless it's uh, King Jack. Yeah, any full house is going to raise. Right, right. Okay. But yeah, trip jacks, even ace jack is just going to call. Nine, nine might not even raise. They might because feel King ob- Jack comes yeah, in. They might feel obligated to yeah, raise. I think but, they're going to raise yeah. to get called by Queen 10. Probably. There's so many more combos of Queen 10 than there are King Jack. Yeah. I okay. Think they're just going to go. But, he, but Ace Jack even isn't going to raise. So no, it's not. So if, if Ace Jack was going to bet something like 55K instead of going all in, we mitigate our loss against that hand. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a really strong point. Because I don't think Ace Jack could go all in on this card. But if we mitigate our loss, but if Ace Jack bets 55K, or let's say, forget Ace Jack, we check and Garrett bets 55K in the river, should we call? Forget about mitigating loss. Should we call 55? I think probably we have to, distribution-wise. What are we beating? 810 suited, exactly, of which, at best, there are two combos. What else are we beating? I mean, yeah, Garrett's got to have... Because he's not going to bet a king. Nope. So, yeah, that's a good point. I don't think we're beating anything, except maybe maybe two combos of 810 suited, which I don't think exist <laughs> very often. Okay, but let's, let's live in a world where we would call 55K, because most players would, right? I don't know. Okay. But okay, sure. Let's, okay, let's go with that. Let's I, go. I believe that Dylan Gang would call 55K on the river with this hand. If, oh, yeah? If he checked. I don't know. If, I don't know. I'd, I mean, do you really think you would fold even? Jonathan yeah. Levy, who doesn't fold? I would. Against mm. Garrett in this spot, Garrett's smart enough to check back at King. The only hand in the world I'm beating is a 10 Well, that, that puts a big hole in, in my Dylan's advocate. Yeah. That's why I've been saying all these things. Like, yeah. really, like a King, a king and a... Uh, is it a nine? No, a king and a, help me out, an eight are horrible cards. Those are the cards I'm most afraid of, um, where I'm like, well, now I can't beat anything, right? That's what I'd be thinking. 
so like, all right. So the main the main issue with my Dylan's advocate is that we're we're losing twenty five k that we would not otherwise lose against Garrett's superior jacks, right? Which we do block, right? And are not a huge part of his range, but are a significant part of his range. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we bet the twenty five k, we might be able to get called by twenty four combos that we would not otherwise be able to get any money out of. Correct. So that's nice. Maybe. Maybe yeah. he calls. I don't um, even know if he calls, but and, maybe. And if we get raised, we just fold because we're, we're losing to all of that range, including queen 10, sure. nines full, kings full, if somehow it's there, kings full, jack, jacks we, full, kings. We cap our losses at 25K. Yeah. There's some benefit to this race. I mean... Our bet. I just... Look, we get called sometimes by some of those kings. I don't know how often king 10 actually calls us. If you look at the board yeah. in the situation and we suddenly lead the river... What is King 10 beating? Yeah. Now, maybe because it's Dylan, maybe it has to call. I don't know. Yeah. But it's hard to come up with much that Dylan can... Dylan now has to have the A-10 suited because I don't know what... Is he going to just bet 25K with a 9 here on the river? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't believe it. Well, we're going to have to talk about that because Garrett has an actual decision here. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, ultimately, I mostly agree with you that Mm -hmm. I don't like the bet. I'd prefer to check, but there is maybe some value to be had. There might be a tiny bit of value. I just think like our expected value on this bet is probably yeah. negative. Well, it turns out there's a little value right now because Garrett's going to call with King Queen. Garrett has the only hand that prop. Well, let's see if he has to call, but yeah. like has to at least consider calling that we can get value up from. So right? Garrett calls. Yeah, Garrett does call for 25. He's getting seven to one. That's pretty nice. Yes, that is really nice. Seven and a half to one. That might be enough just right there to say, okay, we can call. We're getting seven and a half to one, and this guy doesn't absolutely have to have a better hand than King Queen. Well, the thing is, Dylan maybe can have King Queen himself. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Dylan, um, if we think he's got any weirdness to his play, any weird, like, turns out I had this super odd hand here, which I don't know, him being out of position, him just calling flop and turn, like, feels not that likely, but it's probably not completely 0%. Yeah. That he's going to turn over some super bizarro hand, mm-hmm. like, on the river. It's hard to come up with what that hand is, though, except 810, 710. 710, maybe he check called the turn. He called, we know he might call the raise. We yeah. saw him call the raise with ace five suited on the flop that time, right? Ace four, yeah. Ace four, whatever, um, where there was nothing going on. So he can have 710 and call, but it's hard to come up with what he can have on the turn that calls again. He calls again with 710. I know it's only 35K, but really? 810, 810 at least he's open ended, I guess. But I mean, if 710? Once again, I'm going to say we don't know anything about Dylan, but it's possible that Garrett surmises that Dylan would play a nine this way. He would be doing a blocker bet with a nine, nine. you know. And if that's even a small inkling, it might be worth calling just because the price is so good. Let me let me throw another little uh, idea at you. Uh, Garrett's got a queen in his hand. What if he raised instead? He's got a king and a queen in his hand. What yeah. if he raised? He blocks king jack. He blocks uh, queen ten. He blocks kings full. Like that's pretty good. What if, if Dylan was like heroing the whole time with ace king because he was trying to beat? Uh, queen 10 and now he doesn't know what to do so he puts out a blocker bet with his ace king like and we call here and we lose when we could raise him off it that'd be cool yeah that's one thing maybe we can get i think we can get dylan to fold all his trip jacks or at least a lot of his trip jacks here what if we just raise yeah that might be a better play i mean we are getting seven and a half to one so we just don't have to be right very often yeah i just don't know if we're right even that often in this spot i worry that even against dylan i don't know if we're right enough to call. I'm not sure either. I think I think Garrett was probably just enticed by the price and was like, you know, it's yeah. poker. I can't I can't let this price go by when I have this card over time that's just gonna hurt me. You might, as Garrett, also be thinking, Dylan just has like a lot of Queen Ten and Trip Jacks here. So raising's a bad idea. Of course, if you think that, why are we calling? Because we're getting seven and a half to one. Yeah. 
any bluffs at all, we get to yeah, beat. That's, I think that's probably what, what he came to. I just don't know that there's many bluffs. Like, m- maybe a chop once in a while. So you don't really like the way Garrett played this hand? No. I that's, do not. I that's do not unu- like the call That's the unusual. Turn. You usually like Garrett's plays. I know. I like the call. I don't like the call on the... Sorry, the, the bet on the turn I don't think I like. And I don't think I like the call on the river. I think both are justifiable in the moment. For sure. Yeah. Like, I can understand continuing once you raise on the flop and you've got overs and the gutter, even though the jack paired. Maybe you can have the jack. You're capable of raising top pair. I understand that. And on the river, getting seven and a half to one, it can't be that wrong to call. Like, mm-hmm. it can't be that bad no matter what, right? The odds are just too good. But it's so hard to come up with anything you can beat. And now Dylan has to be the guy who's making a 25K bluff into this pot and thinking it's going to work. That doesn't seem very likely. That, that, you don't see very many bluffs like that. You no. know? We can't beat anything that isn't a bluff, I don't think, unless Dylan has king-10 and played it like this. Or he's a guy who's going to block or bet a nine like this. Right. If he's capable of block or betting a nine... Or tens or queens. Yeah, okay. It's such a weird thing But if to you do. think that it's possible, yeah. the price is good enough, yes. and the risk is really high in raising... No, you're right. If you think it's possible, maybe, the, maybe that makes it the best play again. It might. It's such a weird decision. It's Dylan, hard... should be, Dylan should see that king and hate it if he's got queens or tens, or even though he blocks queen ten. should still hate that card, right? Because what the fuck can he beat now? Yeah, I mean, that's why you do a blocker bet. I don't know, because you're confused. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I, I, mean, I think I understand Gareth's decision. I think I, yeah. I do understand it. I, I, I think there's not really a great option here. I think the option, yeah, folding, you feel really dumb, right? Yeah. You have top pair, good kicker. You're going to look really dumb on the stream. Which Who, maybe he doesn't care about. I don't think Garrett cares about that. I hope he doesn't. Um, right. Well, this is why I think maybe raising is the best option. I come back to raising. I think he's just concerned that the risk is too high for the reward where you can just get seven and a half to one. Yep. And it's fine. It can't be that bad. Yeah. That's fair. Um, if we think Dylan's capable of folding some of his trip jacks here... Yeah. Then we can probably raise comfortably. Uh, we have to believe that, though. Yeah. And I don't know if we believe that. And if Dylan's kind of out to get you, maybe he's not really going to fold that off. Right. Maybe he's going to hang in there anyway. Yeah, that's true. Let's see what the solver said. Okay. All right. How do you solve a guy who limp raises Jack 3 suited? That's the question for Danny Sprung. How do you solve a problem like Dylan. I feel like you've done that joke at least 60 <laughs> times in the 48 times we've done the solver. We don't talk about Dylan. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you're updating it for the modern yeah, world. For the kids. Yeah, the children love this show. <laughs> uh, speaking of, of the children playing the poker, let's talk about Dylan and Garrett. Okay. So this is what Danny had to say, basically. Since Dylan's range is so expansive, I mean, how could you give him something other than an expansive range when, when he has Jack-3 suited in this spot? Yeah. Um, which reads as weak. Pio wants Dylan to check his entire range on the flop just because mm-hmm. it's such a weak range. Uh, mm-hmm. At the end, we'll come back and talk about if he's forced to bet, if the solver is forced to be okay with betting the flop. But this is with the, the knowledge that Pio really doesn't like betting the flop at all because the, the range is so weak. Um, but once Dylan does bet... Garrett's exact hand raises 17% of the time, according to Solver, so it's like barely okay. It's strange because of Garrett's entire range, the Solver wants to raise 26% of the time. I would think this would be one of the better hands to raise with you know no actual showdown value, two overs and a gut shot, and somehow it's weaker than the rest of the average range. Maybe because he's in position and it has reasonable equity, it doesn't feel it needs to raise that as could much. Be it. That could be it. Um, and we were speculating about Garrett you know, raising top pair for value because he did that against Dylan... In the other hand, we did with these two yeah. guys. Uh, and the solver does raise for value as weak as Jack-10 here. Cool. 
Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, and Dylan's hand, of course, with top pair is a call on the flop. Although, of course, the solver's a little scared. It doesn't like having <laughs> The jack. solver's like, I have a three kicker, yeah. and I mean, I'm getting crushed by all value, right. but... All right, on the turn is where we started to really start to wonder about Garrett's play. We weren't so sure about him betting. We came up with some reasons why he might want to as far as, as future streets in the hand. Um, but the solver wants his hand to be almost a pure check, mm. which, you know, I get it. it the jack pairing is, is a negative event for this hand, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a very surprising out, output from the solver is that Dylan's hand is a mix between check raising and calling. So we... We did not think check raising was a real viable option with this hand. I was trying to come up with what hands Garrett is supposed to, we're targeting here for value because we have trip jacks. We're supposed to be having value for check raising, yeah. right? Um, when we have trip jacks anyway, we have no kicker. We're attacking exactly the straight draws, only queen 10. Like it's hard to come up with much else. A better jack isn't folding, I don't think. All the worst hands, all the worst made hands maybe are. Yeah, Maybe? I mean, like, would would an overpair even better? We don't have to relitigate. Right. It just okay. seems it seems like an odd output. It's um, surprising. When we get to the river, Pio once again checks Dylan's entire range. Yeah. Um, which, you know, at this point, he is not the aggressor, so that makes a little bit more sense than the flop. Uh, but as we see, Dylan did not check. He decided to lead the tiny bet. And according to the solver, Garrett has an easy call. The price is too nice. The hand is too good to turn to a bluff. Yeah. It's just a call. Yes. Which, you know... I can see why the solver would use math and decide that made sense. Whatever. Nerd. Nerdy Whatever. solver. Now, Danny did do a second run-through where he forced the solver to bet 100% of Dylan's range on the flop because he's, in Danny's thoughts, um, you know, a guy who's going to limp-raise jack-3 suit is probably going to bet the flop most of the time anyway. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, and the notable changes in the, the readout here are that uh, Garrett can raise 93% of the time on the flop with his hand. That's mm-hmm. a big difference. Yeah, huge. Um, makes a lot of sense, too. Uh, and actually, Garrett turns his hand into a bluff 22% of the time on the river mm-hmm. instead of just always calling, right. which is pretty interesting, too. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Solver had a few things to say there. Pretty interesting stuff. Solver. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the crown. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.